We got Steve Moore, uh, Vice President of FreedomWorks and Committee to Unleash Prosperity, and his latest book is Govzilla. He's my brother. And we were looking for John Fund. Did we find John Fund? We're still looking for John Fund. All right. Steve Moore, uh, let me go to you. Uh, let's start with money in politics. And this uh, really monstrosity of a bill, tax and spend and climate and uh, everything, which would probably increase inflation and depress the economy. Here's my question. Are the GOP, will the GOP effectively message the negatives of this bill, you know, in order to keep the momentum going for the cavalry in the midterm elections? Are they getting the message out? It's a terrible bill. I raise this, Steve, because Mark Penn wrote a very good article in the Wall Street Journal yesterday, and he said the GOP is not doing a good enough job uh, inflation is the issue. Economy is the issue. Um, this bill is terrible, but uh, they're not making enough of it. I, I suspect, Steve, that it's more of a Senate problem. And I, I had uh, Rick Scott on. And he's been very good. But it's more of a Senate problem than a House problem. But what do you say? I mean, you, you know, you can lose bad or lose good. Are they going to lose good by carrying the message what a bad bill this is? <laughs> well, it's a it's a god awful bill, and uh, I was just reading this morning that uh, I think it's on September sixth. Uh, Biden's going to have a huge White House celebration party over this because they've 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 solved the climate problem. <laughs> and yes. They solved yes. it. You know, we don't have to worry about this anymore. So um, they think this is a big political winner at the White House. I, I beg to differ. I think every poll shows that by two to one margins, people think this will make inflation worse, not better. I think they have to hammer, hammer the Democrats, especially there's vulnerable, vulnerable Democrats in in Trump districts. And there are about 12 or 15 of them, Larry, in the House, uh, as well as, you know, a number of senators in Trump states as well. And just hammer the Democrats as the tax and spend party, tax and spend, tax and spend. That's all they want to do. That's all they have done since they've taken office. I mentioned on your TV show the other night that we're up to almost $4 trillion of new spending in, in 19 months. That's, that's extraordinary. And so uh, I think that's – and, and also the repercussions of that and connecting the dots between all of that spending and taxing and borrowing and the massive increase uh, in the inflation rate. So I think the Democrats view this as a political winner, but I think that the more people look at you know what's actually inside this bill – uh, the worse it gets. And I'll make one other quick point. You and I talked about this also on your show last night. I think this that the public is very, very much against this 87,000 IRS agents. They're just not buying that this is going after Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. They think that it's going to put a burden on them. Yeah, well, it's interesting. The newspapers, I mean, the mainstream media, Washington Post, New York Times, is celebrating all these fabulous victories uh, the Chips Plus bill, which is about yeah. you know, close to $300 billion. Uh, this bill, which is a monstrosity. Uh, I believe we have found my old friend John Fund, uh, National Review, former Wall Street. John, you're still, you're still with Unleash Prosperity, aren't you? I'm one of the editors of Steve Moore's Hotline, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. it, which is the greatest product. And John's latest book is Our Broken Elections, How the Left Changed the Way You Vote. John, 
Um, I've seen some scattered reports in the papers uh, that the GOP is losing momentum uh, for November, that it's really a toss-up. I saw a poll that showed it was even. Now, even on the generic means that Republicans are probably up five points. But, Mike, it's a serious question. Uh, Is Biden cutting the losses uh, are the Republicans taking advantage of it? Is the cavalry still going to come, John Fund? August is the worst time to decide how a midterm election is going to look because most voters are not paying any attention to this. Now, it is true that passing all of these bills does improve the morale of the Democratic base, which was very depressed that nothing had gotten done for two years. Having said that, uh, these bills, are basically theoretical to most voters. Most voters who are not part of either party's base want to know, how is my life doing? How is my family's fortunes doing? And are things getting better for me or worse? Nothing in these bills is going to help the average family between now and November 8th. Nothing. What Mm -hmm. is going to happen is they're going to see a lot of ads saying, why did you vote to create 87,000 new IRS agents? Why did you vote... Uh, for luxury electric car credits, many of which are never going to happen because they have to be built in the United States or with minerals mined in North America. This bill is a perfect policy wonk bill. It is not a bill for Joe and Jane America. Mm. Well, those are good points. Can I add one one thing to that? Um, Because John is exactly right. And we were looking at a bunch of polling on climate change. Turns out about the only people who care about climate change are people in Washington. Um, you know, if you ask people what's your number one issue that you care about, it's the economy, it's crime, it's the border, it's inflation. And uh, John Fund knows these polling data better than I do. But, you know, climate change isn't even in the top 15. It's just mm-hmm. not up there. Whereas, you know, if you talk to people in Washington, oh, my God, we're all going to die. And so there's just a, there's a separation between. What the climate when we got we have to keep using the term the climate change industrial complex because this isn't about changing the weather patterns it's about money that's all this is about massive hundreds of billions of dollars that are flowing to the green energy network and so it's an example of where look if people if you ask people what would you rather do put more people at the border to secure our border or hire more IRS agents that's an easy one for people and it's not IRS agents they want. By the way, that's such a good point. I had Blake Masters on, you know, running in Arizona, uh, and that was a key point, that the, uh, this guy, Mark Kelly, uh, the incumbent Democrat, voted against Border Patrol funding, you know, for customs agents mm-hmm. and whatnot. Right. Uh, and, but he voted in favor of the IRS the agents. IRS. <laughs> right. right. It shows you their priorities, right? Yeah, and I, that's you know, exactly another one right. that, that Republicans should mention is this troubling report that I think everybody's aware of that the Army is down 25,000 recruits. We mm. need more people to join our armed forces. Well, mm. why don't we use this money to maybe pay our armed force a little more to get more people actually protecting us from real mm. threats? And so those kinds of things. And police, by the way. The Democrats are also voting down the uh, bill to fund police. Now, I'm not actually for the federal government funding police, but, my God, they'd rather, you know, uh, fund the IRS than than keep people safe in our cities. John Fund, let me read you uh, a paragraph quickly. Mark Penn, who I think you would agree is a good pollster. Republicans are stuck at the 50-yard line, 
held back by fears of extremism and of Mr. Trump's potential return. To make any progress, they will have to double down on the economy and push energy independence over climate change to reach these struggling Americans. They will need to win the message war over the Inflation Reduction Act as a wasteful taxing and spending spree in times that demand pro-growth policies and fiscal responsibility. So first is, do you agree with that, stuck on the 50-yard line? And then second, you know, coming back, are they winning the message war? Uh, no, they need to up their game, but they can do it easily with two things. First yeah. of all, the economy, the economy, the economy, it keeps getting worse. And even though we've had a temporary clawback of gasoline prices, the American people, groceries went up 13% last year, 13%. And Larry, here's, a, here's something where the extremism charge can be hurled back at the Democrat. Yes, there are stupid Republicans who say stupid things, but they usually don't affect people's daily lives. This past week, Elon Omar, the radical member of the squad, the AOC friend, barely won her primary in Minneapolis for Congress. She was the incumbent. This is a district that voted 75 percent for Biden. She won by two points because she had backed the defund the police movement. So what do the Democrats do? Three days later, they passed this package on the floor of Congress for climate change and IRS agents, and they tell the centrists in their party, we had, you had this bill to have federal grants to local police departments. We're going to shelve that because the progressives protested. They didn't want to do it. This is an insane party. They get a message from Minneapolis, the most liberal city in the country, that people are mad about defunding the police, and they defund the police. <laughs> right. Steve, I'm, um, I had uh, Rick Scott on yesterday and he's very good and he messages very well he does but 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 i am concerned that the senate you know the republican senate conference i have not heard much about them in messaging about this uh monstrosity of a bill and of course they are somewhat culpable passing the 300 billion dollar chips bill and of course last year they were culpable on infrastructure in other words I'm worried about the Senate in general. I'm just worried about the Senate. And secondly, because they're not really messaging very well. Well, John's more the political expert here than I am. I wanted to say one thing, though, about messaging that ties into what you were just talking about. I was reading the I think it was the Wall Street Journal this morning. And there was a story about uh, John Fund. I think it's the congressman from Maine who voted for this bill, the Democrat who's in a like plus. Golden. Golden. And he said. You know, he's asked, why did you vote for this bill? And he said something like, because this bill is going to make energy, America energy independent. I'm like, what? <laughs> we want, we want <laughs> energy independent. No, but this is, this is their talking point, Larry, that this is going to make America energy independent. It's ludicrous. We were energy independent under Trump. We moved in completely the opposite direction. We've ceded control of the coal industry to China. We've ceded control of the oil and gas industry to Saudi Arabia and Iran and Russia. And, you know, we're going to solve that problem by building windmills. I mean, the, the whole thing is so absurd. 
And, and I want energy independence to be part of the Republican agenda and to take on this idea that we're going to get there with windmills and solar panels. Uh, by the way, Europe is moving very aggressively to natural gas and nuclear power. We should be doing the same thing. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick, quick break. We've got John Fund and we've got Steve Moore. I'm Larry Kudlow. When we come back, I'm going to ask the same question. What is the election impact of the break-in of Mar-a-Lago and yet another attack on Donald Trump. I'm Larry Kudlow. Please stick around, folks. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. I'm here with John Fund of the Committee to Unleash Prosperity and Steve Moore of the same outfit. And Steve's book is Godzilla, How the Relentless Growth of Government is Devouring Our Economy and Our Freedom. Boy, that book is actually apocryphal, so we have to keep pushing that book. But the title was so bad, Gubzilla. Anyway, um, I want to ask the same question. John, I'll go to you first. The FBI uh, raid on Mar-a-Lago and the attack on Trump. And by the way, Andy McCarthy's got a fabulous column out today in National Review Online. He was on the show earlier. You know, they're going after all the documents, not just the classified documents. They're going after every single document that uh, they can find or they've taken from Mar-a-Lago is way beyond. I mean, they're rewriting the Presidential Records Act. Uh, Some people are saying now Trump will be indicted uh, on a technicality, if not worse. That's the ultimate issue here. And it all ties back to the January 6th business and the January 6th committee. John Fund, what is the election impact? First of all, on the midterms, what is the election impact of this uh, Trump attack? Well, I'll tell you this. If the Democrats wanted attention for their big new spending bill and to tout its accomplishments, uh, they sort of stepped on their own message by having the Justice Department <laughs> do this this week. Because <laughs> uh, nobody's talking about the bill. They're all talking about Mar-a-Lago. Hmm. Look, Larry, it's pretty clear what's going to happen. Uh Based on the Democratic Party, the uh, legal industrial complex of the Democratic Party has feels that they have to get the great white whale. And that's Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. He's their Moby Dick. They're obsessed with him. So they're going to indict him on elements of the Presidential Records Act. I am sure there were technical violations, just as I'm sure that there were violations with Hillary Clinton's email and no one ever indicted her. Remember that one. But I'm sure there were technical violations. It will go before a jury. And it'll be an urban jury, Washington, D.C. or New York, or a place where conviction is almost guaranteed. And they will offer him a plea deal. And the plea deal will be, Mr. President, Donald Trump, we will agree uh, that there'll be no jail time, a slap on the wrist, and you have to agree not to run for president. That's what they're after. And I think that is a corrupt bargain because it is a perversion of justice. I am no friend of Donald Trump's flaunting of rules and regulations and the truth. But this is political persecution. Mm. Steve, you have a thought? Steve? I don't know. Maybe we've lost Steve. John, come, John, come back to your point. Uh, I think there will, they can get him on a technical violation. I think that's a very important thought. And I also think that's very likely. Now, uh, they'll go to court. Trump pro- Trump won't agree to not running, will he? It's not in his character. Yeah. 
That's right. That's what I'm thinking. And, you know, Trump, Trump basically wants to run. Right. And he feels like he's got a lot of unfinished business. He's given some very good policy speeches recently. Uh, you know, he gave a good one in Washington for the America First thing. He gave a I good was there one. for that. Yeah, I was there. So what would you think? I thought it was a pretty good speech. Well, it was better than his other speeches earlier this year, which were constantly looking back on the 2020 election and basically, you know, a grievance um, argument. I was robbed. And I've written a book, uh, obviously, Larry, about the problems in the 2020 election, so I can understand some of his concerns. But the average voter wants to know, what are you going to do to help me in the future? You had a good economy. We have a bad economy. How are you going to get us back to where we were and perhaps even better? And he started to at least mention some of those in the speech, but it was incomplete. Uh, There was a lot of crime, which is fine, but there wasn't much on the economy quite yet. Mm. Donald Trump has to not be distracted by things like the legal problems he's about to engage in. He's got to focus on communicating to the American people. It's not about his problems. It's about their problems. Yeah, you know, Steve Moore, um, just let me go to John's second point. Trump does need... I mean, the speeches he gave were good speeches, heavy, heavy on crime, which is fine, crime, border, uh, drugs, and the like. But he really needs to go directly to the economy, like spend more time. You know, I cut taxes, I deregulated, we were energy independent, we had prosperity, we had prosperity for everybody, uh, most particularly the minority groups, most particularly the typical American, you know, working folks, family uh, he needs to spend more. I did this right. They're overturning it. Uh, and he needs to, he, here's how I'll fix it if you put me back in. He needs to really do more on that. And he need, And then this, you know, the, all the Republicans in the House and Senate need to follow that uh, uh, playbook. Well, no Steve Moore. All right. So John Fund, the, the, he, Trump is laying out an agenda. <laughs> Wait, are we back, Steve? Hello. Yeah, can you can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry about that. I was just saying, yeah, I, I agree with what you just said. I've listened to his speeches over the last three or four months, and he does a pretty good job of the before and after. This is what I did, and this is what Biden's done, and which do you like better? And that's a really good message. You know, we were energy independent. Now we're not. We were. We had you know big wage growth. Now we don't. We had uh, you know uh, low poverty rates. All of these things. So the compare and contrast with Biden, I think, is a very po- uh, powerful message. Just listening to what you and John Fund were saying earlier, I just have to say, I mean, look, the guy who has had the best week this week is Donald Trump. I mean, he's back, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm mean, a Democrat. And if people I want to recommend to your listeners, read the column this week by my 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 and John uh, Fund's former colleague, uh, Dan Henninger, in The Wall Street Journal. And he makes the point that the left is so unhinged with anti-Trump derangement syndrome, they can't they can't stop talking about them and they can't keep putting them on the front page. And I love the New York Post headline. It says everything. They could have just asked me for it. (laughs) Right. You know, I know. I mean, it was outrageous. So if he gets hit with a technical indictment of some kind, does he does he forge on? Does he just stay with it? Yeah. I mean, throw him in that briar patch. The more they persecute him, the the higher his numbers go. I mean, David Brooks is another former colleague who's now a liberal. He even said this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. 
Yeah, you know, Andy McCarthy said on the show earlier, they, they, what the Justice Department is trying to do is write a new law about presidential <laughs> records. They're trying to make this into a criminal act. There is no such law. Congress, even under Nixon, even after Nixon, Congress did right. not go after that. And all these presidential libraries have millions of pages of documents that uh, many of which were classified information and presumably they declassified it. But I mean, I'm mostly interested, gentlemen, in the midterms. Okay, the cavalry is coming. I just want to know, are they stuck on the 50 yard line? That's the issue as the gap, you know, look like a, a big win. Has that gap narrowed John fund? Are they in trouble on this John fund? Previous midterms have seen the lead and the margin of difference between the parties constantly vary. The point is, what do you do after Labor Day when people start paying attention yeah. to politics and less time on summer vacation and baseball? So they have to get their messaging ready for Labor Day. And the messaging has to be the economy and why are you so much worse off now than you mm. were two years ago? If they do that, they will remind people that Biden has no plan for the future other than IRS agents and, ele and luxury electric vehicles that no one can afford because they're an average of $69,000 each. Mm. Steve Moore, <laughs> when does Kevin McCarthy publish his contract with America or whatever it's called? I don't know if they're ready with it yet. They should get it out. I mean, I think they need some advice from people like you about what they should be saying about the economy. But that's really important. It has to have a big component about out-of-control government, about crime at the border. I mean, there's so many areas where the Republicans can attack. But it's it's really critical that Republicans have a very positive agenda, mm. a pro-America agenda. Yep. A pro-growth agenda, an anti-inflation agenda. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.